You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. If you're taking notes, the title of the message is Different But Better. I uh, was, yesterday, I was on an adventure with my wife, we did a Spartan race. Spartans. Yeah, some of you look surprised. I don't know why. Why are you so surprised? <laughs> we, we were out in uh, Tuxedo, New York, uh, doing the Spartan race. And uh, we, we, we started getting back on a, on a regular workout routine about four months ago, three, four months ago. And uh, so when you get back in a, in a regular workout routine, you're always looking for ways to get more active together. And our friends Kathy and Chris Antipuesto here put a group together of their friends and Alini, when Alini heard about it, she jumped on it because she wanted to crash their party. <laughs> and she came to me one day and she said, Babe, Kathy and Chris are doing a, a Spartan race. And would you want to join? There's a spider coming down here. <laughs> Sorry. ADD a little bit. Would you want to join? Do you want to get together and go? And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Getting in mud water is not my favorite. It's really not my favorite. But I was like, well, sure, we'll, we'll try it out. And uh, she jumped at the opportunity. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was definitely a different thing to do. It was definitely different. It was a different experience. It was a different fitness experience. And if I'm honest with you, if I'm to be frank, uh, I would probably do it again, if you're wondering. But I wouldn't do it for the fitness. There are better ways to challenge yourself fitness-wise. Listen, it's great. We had some people that were just jetting by us, just running. We were walking most of the time, just having fun, telling jokes. I would do it for the community. I would do it for the challenge, uh, of, for the fun of it. I would do it for my wife because I love her very much. Uh, but I don't know if I would do it for the fitness. I, I, I prefer my fitness challenges near in a place where there's running water, clean running water nearby, and uh, an abundance of quantities of antiseptic wipes. Uh, so, <laughs> oh Lord, I saw something, I don't know if I should share, okay, I'll share, I'll share. I saw this guy blow his nose on his hands and do one of these, and, and he was right ahead of me, and he was going a little faster than me, because we were in a group. And all I could think about, this was about mile two. We had two more miles to go. All, all I could think about is, I cannot touch anything he touches. I cannot touch anything he touches. How can I keep track of this guy? How can I keep track of this guy? And then he went off and I was like, Jesus, I'm just going to pick a corner. Just going to pick a corner. <laughs> But we are all on a search, aren't we? We want different things. But we don't want just different. We want better. And sometimes we get to different without the better. Sometimes we get better without difference. And some of us here, some of you here, you might be in one of those scenarios where you feel like you're stuck in the same place. You're stuck in sameness. And maybe life has gotten a little bit better. 
Maybe you have gotten a better grasp in your life. Maybe you've gotten a little bit more money now and you have a little bit more control, but it's just the same. And you don't want it to be the same. You want it to be better. Or you want it to be different. Or maybe you're in a, in a place in your life where, where things are different. You've, you've, you've experienced different things and your life actually goes from different experiences. You know, you've, you've, you've had a few jobs, you've had a couple of relationships and you have experienced life and it's been different. But it seems like all the different things that you have experienced have not made anything better. It's like all the different things that you have experienced have not propelled you forward or made you rise in life. And if you're in either scenario today, my message today is very simple. It's to help you realize that even though my life may be, may be different than you planned, even though, even though my, may, life may be different than what you expected, it can be better. Life can be better. It can be both different and better. Now you need to realize this here. That God has things for your life that he wants to work in and through you. He wants to work through you. He has plans for your life that are good. Plans to transform you. And you are not here by accident. None of you are here today by accident. And when I say here, I don't only mean here in this auditorium. Because I do believe that you are here by God's providence I do believe that you are here today because God drew you here and he wanted you to be here this morning but I mean here in Stanford Connecticut in this region in Fairfield County Westchester County wherever you might live you are not here in this country you are not here in this world in 2018 by accident you have been placed here by Almighty God he planned for your life to exist here at this time you're not here simply because your parents got together and in a moment of passion, whoop, there you are. Your coming into this world was not thoughtless or unplanned. I heard it said it this way, that you didn't come from your parents, you came through your parents. And although we might love our parents or, you know, whatever kind of relationship you may have, you know that you have a, you got to know that you have a heavenly father and you came from him. You came from him and he has plans for your life and desires for your life. I truly believe that in this room, there are unexplored things that need to come out in you. There are unexplored talents, unexplored ideas, songs, books, businesses, careers that are meant to come out to make this world better. And it's in you. It's in you. God has placed it in you. You have things that are meant to come to light. There are things in you that are meant to come to light. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16. Uh, it says, you are the light of the world. Jesus is speaking to the people, and this is for you today. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now the question is, the question is do you realize that you are a light? Do you realize that there is a light in you that you are meant to shine your light? Are you aware that you have a part to play in this life? Are you aware that you are a city on a hill? A city set on a hill. Maybe you're here this morning 
And if you hear these questions, you're probably thinking, JD, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm a light, I'm not like these lights, strong lights that are on you right now. I'm probably like one of those, those pocket lights, you know, like those keychain lights with one LED that you put on, shine on the keyhole so you can find the key at night. I feel like I'm that light if I'm supposed to be a light. Not very strong, you know, a quiet light. I don't know if I'm a city on a hill just yet. Maybe a wall on a hill? Maybe a couple bricks on a hill? Not a city just yet. Wherever you may find yourself today in your circumstance, in your life, in the plans, in the flow of your life, I want to help you understand that you have a calling. And today, this message really is just to bring a little bit of clarity to your calling and your purpose. To help you understand that you are meant to flow. Flow in the spirit. Flow in your life. Flow in your calling. And in and, and, and what you were meant to do. Now today, that's, that's basically my message. That, that your life and the purpose for your life will most likely not unfold in the way that you have planned or dreamed. And if you're here this morning and you've, 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 you've lived a little bit. You've probably realized that, that life doesn't really happen the way you plan. That life doesn't really uh, uh, unfold in the way that you wish all the time. And it's okay because life and the plan of God for your life will most likely unfold in a different way. Different than you dreamed. Different than you imagined. Different than you pictured. Different than you may have been indoctrinated to believe that a life is supposed to flow. Maybe you were given one or two or three expectations of things that you have to go through and you have to do. And that's how your life has to unfold. And if it doesn't do it that way, you will never be successful. If your life doesn't flow in a certain way, you will never be successful. Well... The plans of God for your life may cause you to experience things that are a little bit different than the, the ordinary. That's all right. Because even though it might be different, if you trust God and you believe in what he has for you, it'll be different, but it will be better. It'll be better. He will cause you to have a better life than you dreamed, better life than you imagined. See, I believe few things are sadder than people who are living their lives but are wasting their calling, wasting what, what it's on the inside, wasting the deposit that's in their lives, hiding their light, burying their talent because they're either confused or they have forgotten even that God has a plan for their lives and they have, they have, they have been given things that they are meant to do and exercise. See, and I don't think that this, this is intentional. I don't think that most people are paralyzed or, or, or brought uh, to a, a standstill because it is intentional. I believe that most times it's because they're confused. People are confused because life didn't turn out the way they thought. It didn't turn out the way they planned or intended. And then they stand back and go, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do about it because I pictured one thing, but now there's something else happening. You know, most of you here, you were expected to Choose your field of study by the age of 18. And then by the age of 22, you're supposed to have a career picked. And it's almost like you were expected to follow that single path for the rest of your life. From the age of 18, you're supposed to pick and choose the rest of your life. 
And for some of you, those of you who got it right, more power to you. Those of you who got it right and, and you're in it and, and you're jo- enjoying it and loving it, God bless you. But most of us, you know, you, you probably realize by the time you turn 25, if you have already, that things didn't unfold the way you planned. Even if you picked your career right, even if you picked your field of study right, it didn't quite happen the way you planned. If, you, if you're 30, those of you who are, maybe 30 times 2, you can look back and see that your life did not unfold and did not happen exactly as you planned. Different things happened. That's the majority of us. And whether you're here today and you're a church person, and you're a God person, you've been in this journey with God for a while, or maybe you're here and you're not a church person. You were invited in here this morning. Somebody told you, you got to come with me or I will not have lunch with you. And you're like, I'm hungrier than I am not a church person, so I'll go. I will endure it with you. And you're here this morning. This is, this is for you too. You got to know that you are not a surprise to God. That nothing that happened in your life, good or bad, has been a surprise to God. And everything that you have experienced, even the bad things, He can take it and He can redeem it and He can take you to a better place. He can make it work for good. This is one of the reasons why I love the story of Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. And Peter had a plan for his life. Peter had an expectation for his life. He was to live his life as a fisherman. He was, that, that was it. So he started on his career. He got a couple partners, James and John. And he started, continued his family business. They had a couple boats. Things were good in the first century, catching some fish in the Sea of Galilee. Peter was doing fine. And everything was happening. He was giving his all to his business until the day that Jesus showed up on the shore. And he looked at him and said, follow me. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of man. Because that's what Jesus does. He turns fishermen into fishers of men. He turns the thing that you thought was going to be used for something ordinary and he makes it uh, extraordinary. He takes your talents that might have been used for something, you know, just simple and he makes it extraordinary. He uses it for a higher purpose. That's what Jesus does. And Peter was there. He thought that his talents and his know-how was going to be used for fishing. But God, Jesus repurposed it. Jesus saw in him a calling, and he called him, and he repurposed it. And Peter answered the call. He heard the call, he answered the call, and he began to follow Jesus. And it was, it seemed like it was an amazing, amazing journey from what we read in the text. Because Jesus was there, uh, Peter was there with Jesus. He was there with Jesus when Jesus healed the blind man. He was there with Jesus when Jesus fed the 5,000. He was there with Jesus when Jesus walked one on water. Not only was he there, he got some guts in him, some faith in him. And he said, you know what, Jesus? I want to walk on water too. Which that by itself is a message. It's a message in itself because he stepped out in the water before the sea was calm. 
while the sea was still raging in the middle of the problem, he stepped out in the water. And that's the message that's coming to you in July for our series, The Middle. Little teaser here. Peter was there. He was there. He was there when Jesus was transfigured. When he, when he was on the mountain in the most holy moment, Peter was there. He actually wanted to build some tents and live there forever. He was there when the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years she was sick, 12 years she was captive, 12 years she couldn't find a solution, and she just touched on the rim of Jesus' coat. And she was healed. Peter was there. He saw it all. He probably met the Samaritan woman too. The woman from a different nation. Ostracized. And Jesus reveals to her that he is the Messiah and she becomes a preacher. He was there. Peter was there. He saw it all. Peter not only saw it, he was part of it. He baptized people in the name of Jesus. He cast out demons in the name of Jesus. He was doing it all, man. Peter was all in. And things were great until they weren't. Things were awesome for Peter and for everybody until they weren't. Because things began to change. Jesus began to talk about how he was going to die. And the first time Jesus told him he was going to die, if you know the scriptures, you know that Peter tried to pull Jesus aside and said, Jesus, don't start talking about that, man. We have a real opportunity here. We got something that we can do. Jesus, don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that you're going to die. And if you, if you know the story, you know that, that Jesus rebuked Satan out of him. He's like, whoa, I better not say anything. I better not go down that route again. So Jesus, a little later, started telling him, I'm going to die. All the disciples, he's telling them, I'm going to die. And this is what Peter says. Always ready. Matthew 26, verse 35. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. He was in it. The bond, the commitment that he expressed was full on. I am here till the end. And then Jesus was arrested. And he did nothing. Peter was ready to fight. The moment they came to arrest Jesus, he drew a sword and he cut a soldier's ear. He actually went to kill him. Some scholars and historians believe that the reason why he cut the ear is because Roman soldiers used to wear, or soldiers back then used to wear a helmet that only exposed the ear. So he went for the head and the sword slid down and sliced the ear. That's what some uh, scholars believe. He was ready to fight. He was ready to take over and to make Jesus king. That's what he wanted. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus just surrendered. And when things turned for the worst, this is what happened. After a little while, the bystanders came up to, and, and, and said to Peter, Certainly you two are one of them, for your accent betrays you. There is a certain way that you talk, Peter. You sound like you're one of them. We, we can recognize the tone of your voice, the way that you speak. You sound like you are one of them. And, and then he began to invoke a curse. On himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Now why did Peter go back on his word? Why did he go back on his commitment? It wasn't just one thing that he had promised Jesus. He had been with Jesus for three years. 
Why did he go back? Why was he paralyzed? Why was he distraught? Why was he hopeless? Why did he quit? Why did he lose courage? I believe the reason why is because of the same reason some of us here, you and I, lose courage in our journey. Perhaps it's the same reason some of us here, you and I, might lose our faith because we have envisioned certain uh, life to turn out a certain way. And when it doesn't, we get disappointed. I believe it was either this, one of two reasons. This is, he either saw that things were different, but he couldn't, he couldn't see that they were better. Things were certainly different. It was different. He was working with people now. He was connecting people to God. Things were different. He was living a new way of life. You know, he was different from fishing, and he could see, but he couldn't see. He could not see that it was better. See, because now the chief of the operation, the master, the one who had called him out of his life, the one who had the power, he had been delivered, and he was being condemned, and he was about to die. And with him, the power was going to die. The senior partner, the boss, was about to die. And once he was dead, the master was dead. Once he was dead, the power would be dead. Once he was dead, the message would be dead. Once he was dead, the opportunity to make a difference would be dead. And for him, hope was dead. So things, maybe Peter thought, things are different, but they are not better. They are not changing. They are not becoming what I thought they were going to become. It was either that or he saw, he, he, he saw that it was better. He saw that things were, in fact, better, but he couldn't understand that it was meant to be different. See, he saw that it was better because he got to walk with Jesus. It was better because he got to see signs and wonders. It was better because he got to see miracles, witness miracles, but it wasn't different. Now, certainly his life was different, but the agenda wasn't different in his mind. His expectation was not different from his former life because every Jewish person who was taught the scriptures believed that the Messiah was to come to become king. That the Messiah was to come to establish a new government, to, be, to become a ruler. And that was his expectation of Jesus up until the end. You can see it. You can see traces of it in every single interaction. That Peter was in it, not to, for the purpose for which Jesus, now we know, for the purpose for which Jesus came. But he was in it so that Jesus could become a king. And the Roman government could be overthrown. He, he was in it so that Jesus would be a ruler. He was in it for insurrection. That's why Peter was engaged. And that's what he was believing in his heart. He wanted to see insurrection. His place was set. He was, the, he was best friends with Jesus. He would have had an amazing, amazing life. A much different life. But he couldn't see that what was happening, what was happening was actually different than what he expected. He set his expectations on sameness. And he couldn't see that the, the movement was leading them to a different place. It was certainly better, but it wasn't different. See, he couldn't see that Jesus wasn't there 
to rise against the Romans. He couldn't see that Jesus wasn't there to put down his oppressors. He couldn't see that Jesus wasn't there to do that. In fact, Jesus wasn't there to establish a new government or overthrow a system. He didn't blame any of that. Jesus was there to love everybody. He delivered a Samaritan woman. In fact, he actually healed a Roman centurion servant. The Roman centurion was the guy in charge to make sure that Roman rule was established and consistent in the province of Judea. And Jesus does not ostracize the Roman centurion. In fact, he prays for his servant and heals him. Peter was so committed to his own agenda that he could not see that Jesus came from for something different. And because he couldn't see the different in it, he might have quit. I believe it was one of those two things. Either it was better, but it wasn't different, or it was different, but it wasn't better. He couldn't see that it was both different and better. And could that be you today? Could that be any of us here today? The way that we're looking at our lives, the way that we are perceiving how our lives are, are unfolding, how your life is unfolding. Perhaps you were in a situation and you can't see the better in it. Or maybe you're in a situation and you can't see the difference in it. I want to encourage you to adjust your perspective and really open your minds and your hearts this morning to see it. To see it. To see that what Jesus has for your life, what God has for your life. He's taking you somewhere. There's a plan for your life and he's taking you somewhere. And even though you might not see it right now, you must trust that it's all going to turn out the way it's meant to turn out. And when you get to the place where you're supposed to get to, it will be better than you dreamed, better than you thought, better than, he, than you might have uh, thought. Because God is taking you somewhere better. Your life is meant for that. And there was Peter on that conflict of purpose. Hopeless. I want two things. I want to share two things with you from this story of Peter today that can be applicable for you. And this is more for your thought life. It's, 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 it's application for your life, but it's, it's more for your thought life. Okay? The first thing is this. We have to stay open. And we can't fear different. We can't fear different. This is what the scripture tells us. That God has things that you have not thought, that you have not dreamed and that you have not imagined prepared for you. Second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of men imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. It says that God has prepared things for you. Now, when we hear the word prepared, aside from the obvious meaning of the word that he has prepared things for you, this is also a term that, that talks about a, a custom in the ancient world. It's this term used to be used as an expression for when a king would go on a journey. People would be sent ahead of the king to make sure that every path, that every place that the, the king was supposed to, to journey on was made straight and it was passable. That people would go ahead of, 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 of the king to make sure that the king would be able to get to where he was meant to get to. And this is what the scripture is saying. That God himself. God himself has gone ahead of you. 
He has gone ahead of you, making sure that every crooked path is made straight. Making sure that where there's a bridge that needs to be built, a bridge is built. That Making sure that when you need the relationship, you will have the relationship. That when you need the, the introduction, you will have the introduction. That every single thing that you will need will come to you when you need it. He has gone ahead of you and prepared a way so that you can experience the unimaginable plan that he has for your life. And we have to believe that and stay open and, and know that God has gone ahead of us to prepare the way. See, about 50 days after that moment where Peter denied Jesus, about 50 days, Peter was standing on a place called the upper room. And he was so filled with God's presence that he began to preach. And over 3,000 people committed their lives to, to God. Over 3,000 people. He indeed became the fisher of men that Jesus promised him he would become. He indeed became the, the person that God planned him, or planned for, or had called him to be. But before he did that, he had to let go of his expectations. He had to open his mind, open his heart, and realize, realize that God's plan for his life, or that Jesus' plan, was not just to be a king of a country. That Jesus didn't come to be king, but Jesus came to be the savior of the world. He had to realize that Jesus didn't come for insurrection, but Jesus came for resurrection. And it was his resurrection power that transformed the world. He had to realize that. And when he did, he became who God had called him, called him to be. Are there any expectations in your life that need to be adjusted? Are any things, any, 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 any methods and, and perspectives that you see your life that need to be adjusted? Maybe, maybe all you need to do is open your mind a little bit. Open your mind to see your life in a broader way. To see that you can have an impact in those around you in a different way. That there's a light in you. That there are things in you that can truly change the world and change those around you. The second thing and last thing. I... I want to share with you is that better is not a destination but better is a process you know, many of us will look at better as a place that we got to get to if, if, if I get that house if I get that job if I get that promotion if I get that relationship I'll be better I'll have arrived at better and life will be better and then you do and it's not and you wonder why it's because better is a process and it starts within. It starts in your mind. It starts in, your, in the way you see the world. It starts within. I actually, you know, you, when you preach, you're not supposed to preach from a place where you're going through something still. You're supposed to preach from a place after things have passed. <laughs> but just this week, you know, it, it was, it was a, a, a significant week for us, but I didn't realize how significant it was in the beginning of the week. You know, Monday is typically the day we take off as our Sabbath, and we had friends over, our friends Louie and Leslie that were here last week. They stayed through Memorial Day, so I got to spend the day in the city with them. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday came by, we did some office work and, and what we usually do on Tuesdays. And then Wednesday, for some reason, Wednesday morning, I woke up, and... Typically what I do on Wednesday mornings is to um, go to a library or a quiet place and I take the 
top part of the morning after I drop off my daughter in school to read and meditate and think about the Sunday and just ask God for a direction, pray for you and say, God, what do you have for your people this Sunday? What are some of the things that you want to speak to them? And so I started reading and, and about 45 minutes into my reading process and, and research that I was doing, um, I, I was reminded there was some things that were pending that I needed to look at you know it was it was Wednesday morning we had some outstanding things and that I needed to look over so I got my computer and I, I started looking at, at, at some numbers I went to our, our, our spreadsheets and, and built some reports and we had a couple of setbacks in the beginning of the year and you know running numbers and things and I, I began just to feel the weight and then I, I, I was reminded that there's a couple of things, private things, that Alini and I need to make a decision on uh, for our family. And I started researching that, and, and the needs seemed like something that we can't reach. And, and, and I got a little bit heavier because I spent some time on that, too. And then I was reminded that I need to leave next week. And by the end of the, of the, the, when I come back, it'll be close to the end of the month, which means it's the end of the second quarter. And I have reports to submit to our board of directors. And I have things that I need to look over, projections for the end of the year. And I, I'm running reports. And again, I've spent some time on that. And I'm, I'm getting sinking deeper and deeper into all the numbers. And because the vision is great and the things that we want to do are so great. And and it seems like the distance between now and then is so large. And I started thinking about, you know, where we've been and, and, and where we are and where we want to go. And, and if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm frank with you here this morning, I was a bit discouraged that Wednesday morning. I was a bit discouraged. So I got in my car and I'm trying to decipher, going home for lunch, I'm trying to decipher why my heart is so heavy. And I didn't realize how significant the week was for us, for our journey. My heart was heavy. And I got home and, and Alini saw it in my face immediately when I walked in the, in, the, in the house. She said, what's going on? What's wrong? And I said, you know, I just realized something on my drive home. That I spent my morning worrying. That was it. I can package it in a nice way. I can package it under the, the, the guise of responsibility because I was running reports. I was being responsible. I was looking at things that needed to be looked at. But the motivation behind it was worry. The motivation behind it was, was me worrying about the future and worrying about what's ahead. And I told her, you know what? Worry got my heart this morning. And, and I just felt my heart sink. It's like, what is this? And I was hoping to get out of it in the afternoon, but it, it, you know, it's still heavy in the afternoon. And at night, after we put the kids to bed, I looked at her and I said, I just need to watch something funny. Some mindless comedy on TV. Let's find something that is mindless, that it's simple, that's clean, because I just want to laugh a little bit. Let's just laugh together. So we put a movie on. We watched half of it, went to bed, tried to sleep it off. Of course, I was in my heart like, God, what is this? Just woke up the next morning still heavy. I was like, you know what? I need to do something about this. I'm not going to read my scripture this morning. Don't worry. I'm still committed. <laughs> Said I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to read my Bible this morning. I need my Bible to be read to me. I need to hear the words. 
I need to hear the words of the scripture. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not only going to hear it, I'm going to be active while I do it. So I hopped on the treadmill. I put some, some of my Bible app and started playing John chapter 1. And I'm running and I'm listening. And I'm running and I'm listening and focusing my mind on something that's greater. Putting my mind set on, that, on him who is greater than I. And I started playing the book of John and it began with, In the beginning he was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. That just got in my spirit. And as I'm running, I'm declaring, God, there's nothing in my life that exists that as a surprise to you. There's nothing in my life that exists that is, is, not, is apart from you. You are the center. Nothing in me was made apart from you. In, in my family was made apart from you. You are the source of every blessing and every resource. And then that part came in the book of John where he said that he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And I said, Jesus, I receive you. Jesus, I know that I was not made by man, but that you made me. And you made my family and you placed us here in 2018 for your purpose. And whatever you placed us for will come to pass. And it's my message to you today. You know, you were not made by men. You were made by Almighty God. A little later, the famous verse came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I was thinking, thank you, God. Thank you that you didn't give us just gold and silver. Thank you that you didn't give us something that's perishable. But you gave us your life, your son, that we may not perish. And we will not perish. We will not perish. My family will not perish. Our future will not perish because you have us in the palm of your hands. And everything that you have given us to accomplish, we will accomplish in you. I got to tell you, by the end of that run, my spirit was renewed. I was ready to face challenges. I was ready to get out of there and say, you know what? We're going to conquer another city. <laughs> We're going to go beyond. We're going to expand. We're going to grow. God is going to give us more than we ever dreamed of. More than we ever planned for, pl planned for. I was reminded of what we had gone through. I was reminded of what we have been, where we have been. I was reminded of what God has brought us from. And that was the day, May 31st. On Thursday was the day where six years ago we first drove into Stanford and God put that seed in our hearts that we were to come and establish a church here in Stanford. We had no idea six years ago on May 31st that we would be here today. We had no idea how these things were going to unfold. We knew that it was going to be different, had no idea if it was going to be better. We left everyone and everybody and all friends and had no idea what was going to happen. But we set our trust in the Lord, put our hearts in Him. Not only that, June 2nd, which was yesterday, five years or a year after, May 31st, six years ago, June 2nd, five years ago, was the day where we're standing on a stage very much like this one, being prayed on by our church and our pastors, being sent to 
Stanford to start Connect Community. And it took us two years after we moved here, a little bit less than two years, to begin Sunday services in this place. And here we are today. But I got to tell you, once you come to a place where you are stuck, once you come to a place where you feel like you're paralyzed, you have to remind yourself who made you. You have to remind yourself that you were made for a purpose, that God formed you in the womb and that he has a plan and a purpose for your life and that there's no obstacle that can keep you from his purposes. And if you set your minds and you set your heart and you focus on his promises for you, you will begin to see your obstacles decrease, decrease, decrease as your, as your faith rises. And you will realize that although your life may look different than what you thought. Although your life may look different than what you imagined. Because He has gone ahead of you and is preparing the way for you. It'll be infinitely better. It'll be different but better. Did you receive it this morning? Amen. Why don't you stand with me?